Guys, thanks for tuning in to the podcast. This is going to be an interesting episode with Pete Similero of Conserve and Protect Arizona. They have made some big changes to uh, their proposal. They are going to be uh, pr- proposing these changes uh, to the Arizona Game and Fish Commission on June 8th up in Payson, Arizona. Uh, there are some, they have listened to sportsmen uh, from my perspective and uh, have answered and have changed a bunch of the sportsmen's concerns. Uh, and we're going to go over these in this podcast episode. I want to thank you guys for your support of this podcast, uh, especially in episodes like this. I know this is a real tough, uh, somewhat controversial subject, but it's something that needs to be talked about, and I appreciate you guys' support. I also want to thank the support of the uh, podcast sponsors. Go Hunt Insider has been the title sponsor of this podcast from the beginning. You can use the J. Scott promo code in order to uh, get a insider membership when you use the j scott promo code you're going to get a 50 dollars go hunt gear shop gift card uh, go hunt insider is the best uh, resource for western hunter out there applying in all the different western states and i thank them for their sponsorship also kuyu ultralight hunting that's kuyu.com k-u-i-u.com if you want the best ultralight hunting gear on the market today go visit them KUIU.com. I appreciate Kuyu, Jason Harrison, their support, and also the Outdoorsman's, the Optics Authority, 1 800 291 8065. You use the J Scott promo code, you're going to get a 10% discount there uh, using that promo code. And if you use the J Scott promo code at Outdoorsman's, You also get the 10% discount. Let's get right to this episode with Pete Similero. If you guys have any questions of me, you can email me at jscottoutdoors at gmail.com. I appreciate you guys following along on my Instagram account. That's at jscottoutdoors. Let's get right to the episode. Welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Today we have Pete Similero from Conserve and Protect Arizona on the line. Pete, how are you doing? Doing great, Jay. Thanks for having us. Yeah, you know, um, you have sent me some guidelines, uh, a letter that you guys are going to propose to the Game and Fish Commission uh, this Friday, uh, June 8th. And there's a lot of changes here, Pete, uh, in, in this letter. And I'm going to go ahead and read this letter, and then you and I can kind of break down uh, the letter. And we, I've got some questions for you, and we can talk about uh, each piece uh, as we go here. Okay, I'm going to read the letter that the Conserve and Protect is going to present to the Game and Fish Commission on June 8th up in Payson. Changes to original proposal presented on May 5th, 2018. Conservation Education Program, CEP. Funding Framework, number two. Important tenants. This program is paid for by willing users, not mandated by Arizona Game and Fish Department. Legislation be developed and put in statute to ensure the program is permanent and focused on the intended goals of the program. This would be similar to the legislation developed for special commissioner's auction permits. Establish a committee similar to the Habitat Partnership Committee to administer the program. 
Administration should include recommending all funding expenditures, setting goals, and monitoring the success in attaining those goals. Commission, department, and user representation is essential for complete program transparency. Application and tag fees for these permits should be set at a level lower than the current application and tag fees set for the regular Arizona Game and Fish Department permit lottery. We would recommend a fee of at least $5, but not to exceed $10 for each individual application. Buyer must have a valid Arizona Game and Fish Department hunting license to purchase education lottery chances. Taking permits from existing Arizona Game and Fish Department recommended permits should not support the program. Instead, additional permits should be added to support the program and these permits should not have a biological consequence to the resource. None of the new special lottery permits created under this program would be like special commissioner's tags, which are 365 days in length. Instead, they would all be either regular established seasons like those in the hunt regulations or slightly enhanced for promotion. The program should be built on the concept of multiple options for the users in how they engage supporting the conservation education effort. These options should be in a form of lottery, not by creating additional auction permits. The CEP should not impact the current Habitat Partnership Program. Efforts to ensure this will not happen should be utilized to mitigate and any issues that may arise. How many permits? Question mark. We are not advocating for a special number at this time. We do not, or excuse me, we do want to work with the department and commission to establish that number. One thing we do know is that the number will be far less than 1% of the total number of permits the Arizona Game and Fish Department and commission currently authorizes in its three annual drawings. Lottery funding options. Create a special super tag. These would be few in number, not more than seven in total. These lottery options would be made available to all of those applying online for the three annual regular Arizona Game and Fish Department permit lotteries. At checkout, the applicant would be asked if they would like to purchase a chance for one or more of these special hunts. This option or similar options have been used in other states and are very successful. Partner with the Arizona Big Game Super Raffle. We believe it would be possible to partner with the Arizona Super Big Game Raffle to increase the Arizona Big Game Super Raffle funds and establish a new funding source for the CEP. Where possible, the CEP should coordinate with the Arizona Game and Fish, excuse me, the Arizona Big Game Super Raffle to maximize benefit and revenues of both fundraising efforts. Currently, the Arizona Big Game Super Raffle offers monthly incentives to get users to buy raffle tickets. Instead of outdoor gear, it would be possible to offer the opportunity for special, or excuse me, for additional special tags or tag packages as an incentive for purchasing Arizona Big Game Super Raffle Chances. 
partner with in-state sportsmen's organizations to promote additional raffles. Currently, the special commissioner's tags are given to applicants who qualify for them to promote an auction or raffle. The funds raised go into the Habitat Partnership, uh, the HPC program. We believe it would be possible to do the same thing with special raffle tags. Sportsmen's conservation organizations would be willing to apply for, promote, sell opportunities, and draw winners at their annual fundraisers. These could be individual tags or tag packages. We believe this will also increase the number of organizations involved in conservation, education, fundraising, and reduce competition for the current special commissioner's tags. Special event for auction and raffle tags. We would like to suggest that an event be planned and developed to showcase Arizona's conservation education program. This would be held annually, perhaps in conjunction with some other AZGFD event. Existing special commissioner's auction permits could be sold. Raffle permits could be drawn and it would provide an opportunity for individual SCOs to come together and partner in support of wildlife conservation. We see this event as an opportunity to showcase what we do as individuals, but more importantly, collectively, it shows how the commission, department, and sportsmen and sportsmen and women work together for the benefit of Arizona's wildlife. Pete, one of the very first things, um, you know, in this letter, well, let me back up. Um, can you talk a little bit about the proposal that you guys came up with back, say, in April, and talk a little bit about how getting sportsmen's input into where you're at now. In other words, this thing is morphed over time. Um, talk a little bit about the progression of that. Yeah, Jay, um, we started with uh, just a, a basic concept, something that we could put out to get people involved. Uh, obviously, it stirred things up pretty good. This was um, the end of March, first part of April. And um, it got people uh, uh, polarized more than anything else. Um, it was a situation where um, a lot of folks just don't believe the, the need exists for this. Others say, yeah, maybe it does. Uh, and some of us say, yes, it's essential that it, it, it raises some money for education. And um, so we got into a uh, situation where what we had originally proposed was a series of auction and raffle tags similar to a Utah model. And um, the one thing that the biggest change to all this is, is probably the fact that we've dropped any of the auction tags. And it, it, from a fundraising perspective, it doesn't make sense. But from a social perspective, it was obvious that the opposition to any kind of an auction tag was, was very high. And there were some on the commission that have, really don't like auction tags that well either. So it was a stumbling block that was in the way of the entire program. So we removed that. After a month of try, <clears throat> excuse me, trying to discuss it with uh, people, we just took it off the table. We recognized we took off hundreds of thousands of dollars off the table as well, which is, you know, just the way it is. But the reality is the, the auction tags are gone, and I want to make sure people understand that. Um, all of the other changes are, are, are small changes in comparison to that. They, they deal with uh, little things like uh, limiting the uh, amount of uh, 
um, tags, opportunities, or chances that someone could buy. We're, we're all for putting a cap on it in order to make sure somebody couldn't come in and spend, you know, whatever amount of money and uh, uh, try to uh, make buy a tag, is, essentially. We believe that's possible to come up with a number. You don't want to limit yourself to a point where it costs you a lot of money, but you can certainly put a cap on that. So, you know, that's, uh, that's simple. Um, one of the other things we believe is important is that everybody who has a chance to buy these lottery or raffle tags have an existing license. They've already made an investment. Uh, it's not somebody that's getting, you know, a, a, a free ride. And that the details of all of this ha would have to be worked out in any special um, um, legislation or rulemaking process. But it's just one of those things that we we think is is uh, uh, makes sense in the whole program. Um, the, uh, Pete, let me interrupt you for let me interrupt you for just a second, um, and, and we can go through. I kind of want to go through kind of paragraph by paragraph. We'll go through some of this, but maybe for some of those that haven't heard the prior podcast, maybe some of those that are just tuning in, just hearing about this. Um, you, we, we've talked on other podcasts how you've been doing volunteer work uh, with different sportsmen's organizations for you know. 40, close to 40 years, if not over 40 years. Uh, as, as I've uh, been a resident of Arizona and, and you know, been going to different sportsmen's groups, uh, banquets, uh, going to several meetings and what have you, you always seem to be right in the middle of things, fighting for sportsmen, and you and, and several others you know, have done it for years and years and years. The, one of the biggest things that I take away from all of this is that someone uh, in your position um, who, who does not stand to make a single dime, and if I say anything incorrectly, please, please stop me, but you're doing this all as a volunteer. Uh, you're not making any money. You're not the CEO or president of any organization that's all of a sudden going to put money in your personal pocket. Um, why do you see educa this education fund, you know, the, the, the necessity to, to educate the public, why do you see this moving forward as something that is, is this important? I mean, for, for those out there listening, they first have to realize how much time that you've devoted for the sportsmen uh, while everybody else is at t-ball games and soccer games and, you know, going to work, you've been doing all of that plus volunteering hundreds and thousands of hours for 40 years. Why is this such a necessity? Our world has changed. Um, Arizona has changed. We used to be a very rural society here. We're the second most urbanized state in the country now. Hard to believe, but absolutely true, because of the uh, population center in Phoenix and and then and some in Tucson. Um, everything is determined by the urban urbanites. Nothing is determined in the rural areas where it's pretty much understood that hunting and angling is a good thing for wildlife. Hunting and angling brings dollars to the system. Uh, 
unfortunately here with a growing population and Maricopa County is the fastest growing county in the country for every uh, three people that move here two move away but we're still on a plus side and when you think about that that is adding thousands and thousands of people to our state each and every month and then you know compiled for an entire year it's a lot of folks most of these people have no clue of the association about how hunting and angling benefit wildlife they don't even have a clue what the Arizona Game and Fish Department's role is in wildlife. If you test it with, pub, with polling, you'll find that it's, it's a big question mark with them. Ah, uh, Game and Fish and wildlife? I, I don't know what that means. So that points to us a huge problem. We had the Humane Society come in here last year and basically assert that the department didn't do a good job, that wildcats in Arizona were in peril and they needed to be protected and they wanted to outlaw the, the game and fish being able to uh, regulate hunting seasons on those cats, on lions and bobcats. Instant credibility was given to the Humane Society. Why? Because of an unknowing public. That 70% of the people in the middle between the anti-hunters on one end and the hunters on the other, that 70% that determines the elections that would have determined this had it been able to qualify for the ballot didn't have a clue about how good a job the Arizona Game and Fish Department did and was doing in managing cats in the state as well as all other wildlife. They didn't even associate the Game and Fish Department with wildlife management. Now, for us in the hunting side of it, that's just hard to believe. But, Jay, that's the truth. The simple fact is, if we don't find a way to reach out to the voting public, to all of those who aren't anti-hunters, just the people that are out there that are going to determine our future, if we don't reach out and make that point, if the department can't reach out and make that point, we're in trouble. Long term, it's not going to work out for any of us. That means that wildlife's in trouble because I, I know you're very much aware that the sportsmen in the state provide 60 to 70% of the department's budget. And those are tens of millions of dollars they can't afford to do without. So it's incumbent upon us to put a program in place that ensures the public will understand the nexus between the Arizona Game and Fish Department and wildlife and how the Arizona Game and Fish Department is supported by hunting and angling dollars. And that's the thing that makes it work in Arizona. That's, that, it's about as important an issue as we can get. Otherwise, somebody else will determine our future at a ballot box, and that's not right. Okay, Pete. What would your answer be to the people, the sportsmen out there that say everything's working just fine now, I don't understand why we need to do anything? What would your answer be? Take your head out of the sand and look at the world you live in. Understand that this is no longer a good old boy state where, where changes aren't going to be made, where you're more or less going to be guaranteed some opportunity to hunt and fish. That's all changing. It's changing with our population. 
It's changing with the number of hunters we have in the state versus the general growth in our population. There are so many challenges out there for us, and you, you have to be aware of these. You have to be active in pr trying to do what you can to mitigate the, the problems that they're presenting to us. You can't just expect every year to apply and uh, get a tag and go hunting. We have to be conservationists first. We have to look at the entire picture. We have to understand it's not a right to hunt and fish. It's a privilege. First and foremost, our responsibility is ensure, to ensure that wildlife habitat and wildlife is here in Arizona for future generations. That's the responsibility a conservationist has. If everything goes well and there's a surplus that we can hunt and fish for, that's our bonus. It's not our right. It's, our, it, it's, it's nothing more than a privilege to be able to go out there and do that. And so I think we need to take a little different look at the world we live in and the way things are done and, and be sure that we are conservationist first and hunters and anglers second. I'm not saying you have to put it way down the list, but you do have to understand that the, the, the public needs to perceive us as conservationists doing a good thing for wildlife, and because of that, they will support us long term. That's the key here, being conservationists and having that accepted by those around us so they understand how it works. Okay, Pete, before I break into um, the actual changes and the letter that I just read, um, are you saying that you fear if, if the public doesn't get educated that at any given time over the next one to two to five to 10 to 15 to 20 years that all it takes is an, an, an initiative to reach the, to go on the ballot that would be voted on by the general public for instance, this last one on wild cats, jaguars, ocelots, bobcats, mountain lions, if that were to make it onto the ballot, what you're saying then is the general public then would be in charge of voting whether it's legal or illegal or, it, or you can or you can't hunt those cats in the state of Arizona. Is, are, are you saying that that's what you're fearful of or that they could put, you know, someone could put on the ballot and it gets on the ballot and it goes to the general public that they don't think that hunting deer is something that we should be doing. Isn't that exactly what happened in BC with the grizzly bears? I mean, it made it to the voting public and the voting public, because they're not educated, they literally made grizzly bear hunting in Canada illegal. Yeah, they did in British Columbia. That's exactly what British happened. British Columbia, I'm sorry. Right. They did that in California. They took away mountain lions. They did that in Washington. They did that in Oregon. Uh, it, it's, it's happening around us. Arizona was the next big target on the Humane Society of the United States um, list. Uh, they came after us. We got lucky. We, uh, we had knowledge and the ability to stop them from collecting their signatures, and they tripped all over themselves. They had real problems. Um, 
and uh, we got a reprieve. That reprieve, I believe, will be short-lived, uh, whether it's in 2020, the next uh, general election, or after it, because they can't qualify now for 2018, this November, 2020 would be next, or thereafter, I don't know. But will they come back? Absolutely. And all it takes is just what you were describing, an initiative, campaign, qualifying signatures, it's put on the ballot, and that could pertain to anything. It could say that the, the Arizona Game and Fish Department should not manage wildlife, that it should be left up to somebody else. There's a lot of different things that could come out of that. We don't know what the animal rights community has in mind. There's enough of them out there, and most of them are pretty well funded. Um, it uh, gives them a lot of discretion. And my biggest fear is that the public doesn't understand the good job the department has done since its inception, you know, in the early 1900s and through now, and how um, we have wildlife today that we didn't have, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago. We've got wildlife in numbers in, in certain species that are doing incredibly well. Uh, others are not doing so well. It's a constant fight. Uh, but bottom line is the department must be able to manage all of these species. They can't have pieces removed like carnivores, like uh, lions and bobcats, and not be able to manage them. That's going to decimate our antelope and deer populations. Um, there's no question about that. could have a big implication on our, our bighorn sheep populations. So it's, it's, a, it's a piece that we have to be sure that the, the department can do its job, that there's recognition that the Arizona Game and Fish Department is a professional wildlife management agency uh, with the authority to manage wildlife in the state, and that hunters and anglers support them in that effort, plain and simple. Um, that's what this really comes down to, is the fact that trying to get that message out there repeatedly, this will be an ongoing effort, with, again, with the change of our population, people moving in, moving out, this is something we need to do from now on so people recognize how important the agency is to wildlife and how we work with the Agency for Wildlife. Okay, let me go through some of these um, items here uh, in the important tenants. The Conservation Education Program, known as CEP, Conservation Education Program Funding Framework, says the very first line, this program is paid for by willing users not mandated by the Arizona Game and Fish Department. Why is that so important? A number of things. One, it shows the dedication of those that are willing to fund this program. It uh, is a feather in our cap, quite frankly, to uh, raise the money to support a program like this. Um, the other things that that I spoke to earlier that kind of apply to this is the fact that the department uses the fees that it charges for license and tags and when they used to have stamps and other things uh, to fund agency activities. The day-to-day -day things the department needs to do to, to provide services, uh, to manage wildlife, all of those things. If we say we need an education program the money is not there with existing already within the agency to fund this, not at the levels that we're talking about. We're talking somewhere in the neighborhood of a million bucks a year. It could be more. 
Uh, it could be less, but I think when you get down under that million-dollar threshold, you begin to realize that uh, it's, not the, it's not the kind of reach you need to, and saturation you need to make sure that all the people are hearing the message. One of the things people don't recognize is that Phoenix's uh, advertising market is the third most expensive in the country, New York, Los Angeles, and Phoenix. Why? Because we've got about 6 million people in the valley, 5.5 to 6 million people, and the rates are incredibly high. So we pay a lot for radio, TV, print, all of those things. So you need, you need a million bucks. You may need more than that. Um, we were shooting for $2 million originally, trying to raise that much. Uh, we can't do it without those auction tags, so that's not a realistic number. But a million is our target at the moment. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's something that uh, if we can get that kind of money, it needs to come from outside the agency. It needs to come from people who have been there time and time again. Um, and in this case, we're, po we're uh, pointing our fingers squarely at sportsmen. Um, and women. I uh, don't want to exclude them. The gals are very important in this process. Um, it's a situation where we know, looking at what's done throughout most of the western part of the U.S., because what, there are many different raffles that the state agencies currently hold, and you can go through them state by state and see what they do. Uh, they're for different purposes, some of them for education, habitat um, improvement, some are for access. Um, so there's a, there's a myriad of things they support, but all the state agencies are do them, doing them. What we're trying to do here is not unique. It's not any different than anywhere else. Um, but we recognize that sportsmen have the interest and are willing to spend their money to support these conservation tags. And that's exactly why we want to make it a user-driven process, not mandated, and not using current existing department funds. The next line says, legislation be developed and put in statute to ensure the program is permanent and focused on intended goals of the program. This would be similar to legislation developed for the special commissioner auction permit. So in other words, you want to have this so year after year after year, uh, this would be something that's permanent and that, that can be used to educate the public. In other words, we never have to rely on funds inside the Game and Fish. This would be basically supported solely by sportsmen and used to educate the public. Is that correct? It is. Um, if you look at the current uh, HPC process, Habitat Partnership Committee process that we have that administers the fund from the commissioner's auction tags, it works incredibly well. The, the tens of millions of dollars that has been raised in that program for habitat work has been administered by a committee that's overseen by a commissioner, department personnel, and a whole bunch of sportsmen's organizations. Um, it brings credibility to the whole process. Everybody knows what's going on. It's, it's, it's something that's out in the open. We feel the same is essential for this program. The need for a dedicated fund is really important. And when I say dedicated, I'm talking about in legislation, just like those special tags that were auctioned. With that, the department, 
cannot use them for other things. The legislature itself understands that these are dedicated funds for a specific purpose. They are not subject to appropriation by the legislature. What does that mean? The money is going to come to the department each year, and the legislature doesn't have to approve its expenditure, or the governor's office doesn't have to approve its expenditure like they do the department's regular budget. With earmarks like this, you know the money's being used for the right reason, it's out in the open. It's not subject to being grabbed by the legislature or, or the governor or anybody else when they need funds because they're short somewhere. It's almost untouchable. And at the same time, it's out in the open where everybody understands what's going on. So we see that as an absolute key for this program. It's why we want it done in that manner which led you to the paragraph where you said, establish a committee similar to the Habitat Partnership Committee to administer the program. Administration should include recommending all funding expenditures, setting goals, and monitoring the success in attaining those goals. Commission, department, and user representation is essential for complete program transparency. So transparency, um, you know, and I've heard from people that you know, have negative thoughts about the Utah program and some of the things, and transparency is a, uh, something that always comes up um, in, the, in the people that don't like that current program. What you're saying is you want full transparency. You want every bit of money to be transparent and where it's going and what it's going to be used for. Is that what I hear you saying? Yes. All the money is going to go directly to the Arizona Game and Fish Department. There's not going to be any other organizations involved uh, as far as holding the money or, or accounting for the money. The department is in full control of that process. And, uh, you know, Conserve and Protect Arizona is not going to get a dime out of this. I've, I've heard that my... Okay, so Pete's not flying on private jets <laughs> and, you know, get, getting a new pool put in his backyard and, you know, pocket, you know padding his pockets. Uh, conserve and protect, Pete, any of the people involved, you're, you guys are not benefiting uh, monetarily from this in any way. No, sir. That is true. Okay. That, that's okay. the way it is. That's the way we want it. Application and tag fees for these permits should be set at a level lower than the current application and tag fees set for the regular Arizona Game and Fish Department permit lottery. We would recommend a fee of at least $5, but not to exceed $10 for each individual application. Buyer must have an, a valid Arizona Game and Fish Department hunting license to purchase the education lottery tag chances. When you look at, uh, when you look at this and you say 5 to $10, from my perspective, if we're trying to raise money for an education fund. Obviously, $5 is half as cheap as $10, but if all of the money is going to education, yeah. I mean, why wouldn't we make it $10 and try and raise as much money as we possibly could? Um, I would think in those terms myself because I think $10 is a bargain. If you look at it right now, you spend $13 every time you apply for a tag. And if you use point yep. guard, which is discretionary, obviously, but another 5 18 But let's use the $13. Right. Then you have to pay for a tag. 
and then a deer tag. But it's forty-seven bucks now, if I remember right. Um, yeah. So what you've invested right there is you you've got sixty plus dollars invested in the process. We're talking about five to ten. We made it very inexpensive. We would like people to have multiple buy multiple chances because we think that is is a key to the program. If you buy a chance, that's one thing for $5 or 10 whatever it might be. But the ultimate thing in this, you know, your odds are probably not going to be real good in some of these, depending how they're packaged and what, what you're buying. But the reality is you're also spending far, far less than you do when you make a regular application to the department for a tag of any kind. We think that's fair. We think if you've got kids, you can spend 5 or 10 for them or whatever that number may be. What we didn't want to do was set a number and take criticism from people saying it's way too much. Uh, so we set it low. We're okay with it. We believe we can build on that and still get to the kind of numbers we're talking about if we do a good job of promoting the raffles. Um, but we set them low so there wouldn't be any criticism about the fee involved, uh, plain and simple. We tried to make it accessible to everybody. That's, that's why it's down there. I think it's important, too, um, to note that you know, the buyer must have a valid Arizona Game and Fish Department license. If you're proposing this, as this is going to be you know, held up by sportsmen, and sportsmen can be proud that they have generated this money for this education fund, uh, it's obvious that they should be supporting the Game and Fish Department and the state as well by purchasing that license. So I'm glad you guys made that a part of, of this for sure. Yeah, that was one of the changes. We, we thought it was absolutely appropriate. Okay. Taking permits from existing AZGFD recommended permits should not support the program. Instead, additional permits should be added to support the program, and these permits should not have biological consequence to the resource. This is the change, Pete. If, if I'm reading this correctly, you guys are actually talking about adding permits on top of the existing permits. One of the things that people really bent out of shape is that the tags were coming out of the existing permits. But the way I read this is you're, you're talking about additional permits. Yes, you're absolutely right. This is one of the... So that's a big change. It's, it's a significant change. We met with the department and talked to them. And each year when the department goes through its tag recommendations for all the species, uh, and in, particularly in the units where there are lots of numbers, hundreds of permits, for example, there's always a discretionary amount in those tags. In other words, they could set it here, or they could set it here, or they could set it up here. Uh, and all of them are justifiable within the guidelines that they use. Oftentimes, the agency uses some of the most conservative um, guidelines to set those numbers. But what I was assured of and why we decided that this was a significant change we needed to include was that for the number of tags we're talking about and understand that the department gives out in excess of 100,000 ta <clears throat> 100, tags each year of different species. We're talking about less than a quarter of 
of all of the tags given out. We're talking about 100, 150, 125, 110. I don't know the number, but it's in that ballpark. It's going to be pretty small no matter what in comparison to the overall number of tags they give out. So when we look at these and, and establish those raffle tags, they will come from the surpluses that are within the guidelines of the Arizona Game and Fish. We'll be able to look and, and for example, I'm going to use uh, Unit 10 elk tag. That's something everybody wants. Well, there's 40 or 50 early rifle bull tags, and I don't know how many. I haven't, <laughs> haven't looked to see. I don't know yeah. if you attend. But say there's 50. Uh, we might authorize two additional ones out of there. And when I say we, the department, department's going to do this. There's, there's no question about it. But that's something that I think the sportsmen need to, you know, be advised and work with the department on. I mean, it's a process. But say they add two more. And then they look at unit one or they look at unit seven and five, all of these, where there's a bunch of tags, they can pluck one out of here, one out of there, two out of there, four over here. They can do what they need to do to get to this number very easily without any biological consequence. So what they would normally do is set their permit numbers, go through that process, and then there would be another effort on top of that to identify tags in certain units that they could pull into the raffle. So that's the way it was explained to me, and so that's why we made this change, because we do believe it is biologically, it will be inconsequential to the resource, and at the same time pr produce additional tags more so than they would have had otherwise. So it, it, it works, and that's why we're, we, we're comfortable in saying, we're not taking your tag, we're finding extra ones. That's the way we're looking at it. Some may disagree and say every, every one of those should go in the regular, the regular tag lottery. So be it. Difference of opinion for this important issue we're working on. But that was definitely, I'm sure, feedback you got from sportsmen that they were worried that tags are hard enough to get as they are, and you're taking tags out of the public drawing. Now, with the big change that you guys have made, you're saying that the the WMs and the, and the Arizona Game and Fish Department across the board, the biologists and, and the trained professionals are going to look at each unit, in keeping in mind what you're proposing is that they're going to keep in mind the general tag allocations and then also keep in mind uh, potential tag allocations for this education program. And in combined efforts, when they combine those numbers, they're still within their guidelines of where they should be so it doesn't affect the animals of the state of Arizona. That's it. That's pretty much it, Jay. Okay. Yes. Uh, um, none of the new special lottery permits created under this program would be like the special commissioner's tags, which are 365 day days in length. Instead, they would all be regular established seasons like those in the hunt regulations or slightly enhanced for promotion. So the way I interpret that is these tags, let's say it's a Unit 9 archery tag, that Unit 9 archery tag would fall within the general guidelines, the season dates that are already set. It would not be a Unit 9 tag that the hunter could hunt all year. 
It's if the dates were, say, the 15th of September through the 28th of September, that would be the same time frame. So in other words, someone that drew that Unit 9 archery tag, the person that was the fortunate winner uh, that won uh, the, the, uh, the conservation permit would, would be allowed to hunt during those general time frames. And now I notice you say, or slightly enhanced for promotion. What I get out of that in reading that is you may make a few uh, different animals or may make a few hunt, uh, say a unit 9 or a unit 10. Maybe you give them an extra week on the back end or maybe it's an early rifle tag and you give them, you know, five extra days or 10 extra days. Or, is that what I'm getting out of that? Yes, that's exactly okay. it. Um, with, the, with removing all of the additional auction tags, taking that off the table, what we wanted to do was try to create um, an incentive for people to want to have these uh, conservation education tags. Um, we believe that by tweaking this, the season dates a little, um, you can accommodate that. Uh, we're not talking, you described it very well, maybe a week here, five days there. Something like that's exactly what we're talking about. Uh, it wouldn't be something that's, uh, you know, three months long or a month long or the rest of that, no. But that there would be uh, uh, an incentive for somebody to try to get one of those tags. Uh, and if it was an extra week during the, for the archery season or even for the rifle season, that doesn't generate much heartache from most of the folks we talked with. They said, yeah, yeah, that's, that's reasonable. So that's what it is. It's, it's just a, a mark. We, we think we're kind of already tying one hand behind our back on some of these marketing things, which is okay. We're ex we understand that. But we also have to be aware that our intent here is to raise enough money to make sure that we can get the funds necessary for this program. And so giving us that little bit to set some additional few extra days that, that could be important in trying to raise extra money. The program should be built on a concept of multiple options for the users and how they engage supporting the conservation education effort. These options should be in the form of a lottery, not by creating additional auction permits. When you talk about multiple options for the users, what do you mean exactly? Well, I'll give you an example. Um, uh, New Mexico just created their lieutenant governor's tags. There are different tags for raffle and auction. Um, Montana has what they call their super tag. I, I've applied up there ever since they've had a drawing for sheep. And I have all the bonus points, maximum bonus points for sheep in Montana, which means I'll probably never draw. But the reality <laughs> is they also then created, on top of the regular sheep tag that I could apply for, they give you a, what they call a super tag. And that's a tag that's available in multiple units in a in different area, etc. They have one of them for sheep, one for moose, one for bear, one for elk. You know, that's, that's the way it's set up up there. But it gives you an opportunity for one of these longer season tags, not a 365-day season. It's not what we're advocating. But here we're saying maybe you get a month-long season for to hunt elk someplace, that kind of thing. That's a super tag. There's one of them. The, one of the things about marketing that 
works very well and is being offered by many of the Western states is when you go through and you fill out your applications online and then you get to the end of it, they say, hey, and by the way, since you've applied for this, would you like one of these? It's, it's a marketing opportunity. You've already got them committed. They've done it. Their credit card is going to be inserted, and they're going to you know, make a payment. And then and you can have one yeah, more. Another 12 bucks or something. You betcha. Hey, yeah. it's all about the sales, and that is important. So we want to create a super tag, one of each species. That's all. It, it, would, be, it would come out of this allotment, you know, but there would be one that people could have an opportunity to buy as they're checking out at the lottery. That's an example. The other thing that we were looking at, and this is all discussion. I want to, I, I want to emphasize that. There's nothing final in any of this. I don't want people to say this is what they're doing. This is what we're proposing. We're, we'll look at anything, and we would, if, if there's merit in it, and it doesn't bring a bunch of negatives, if it's not a problem, we're probably going to say, hey, this is something we need to consider. So the other thing we're talking about is some regional tags. What if you could take two or three of these tags and put them together and say, this is a region one special tag. Mm -hmm. You get an elk tag, you get a, uh, maybe an antelope tag, you've got a, uh, what else do they have up there? What are they known for? Up there? You know, that kind of a thing. And make that a multiple tag to where you could have two or three tags together as an incentive for people to buy. Um, so our thinking caps are off at this point in time, and we're looking at anything and everything. We're not looking, we, we, we simply want to make sure on the smallest number of tags possible, raise the most money possible. That's our goal. So how we package these and put them together and how, how they're offered to the uh, potential users, uh, it makes a big difference. So we're getting creative or we're trying to. The CEP should not impact the current Habitat Partnership Program. Efforts to ensure this will not happen uh, should, uh, let's see, efforts to ensure this will not happen should be utilized to mitigate any issues that may arise. So what you're saying is you don't want uh, these tags to impact in any way the Habitat Partnership Program that, that we already have in existence. Right. You don't want it to, to be carnivorous and eat away at that. You want it to be a supplement and in, in association with. Is that yes. correct? Initially, okay. when we had auction tags in this mix, you could see where we had some concern with that. Uh, we even talked, we talked about it ourselves and said, hey, you know, with these auction tags, these new ones that, we, that may be a part of this program, w would that or could that have an effect on the commissioner's tags that support the Habitat Partnership Program? And I think it's so legitimate to say it may have uh, or could have. Uh, with those auction tags off the table and no longer part of the proposal, I don't believe any of these raffle tags will have a consequence on the, on the uh, uh, HPC. Now, there's one other factor, though, that needs to be looked at, and that's the super raffle, which currently right now there's one of each tag that's a raffle with a super raffle that goes into the HPC process. So there may be an issue there. We don't know right now. We think 
actually we can propose a plan that would utilize uh, some of these new tags as an incentive for the super raffle buyers. I'll give you an example. If any of you or those of you that are aware of the super raffle and if you've bought tickets, when you go to the super raffle, you have a choice to buy tickets for all the big game species we have. Um, there's also an optics raffle and a New Mexico elk raffle and some other things that actually funds the entire program so it doesn't uh, uh, cost money uh, for the agency or for the uh, uh, super raffle organization. But if we put some of those raffle tags on the super raffle site and said, hey, in order to purchase these, you have to buy a super raffle. Those of you who purchase super raffle tickets this month can buy a chance for this tag, that tag, etc. We use incentives there. Normally it's hardware. Anything from GPS to clothing to a jumping jack trailer, I'm trying to optics. There's all kinds of things that we use each month to incentivize people buying super raffle chances currently. We'd like to see some of those tags utilized there. We believe if we did that, it could drive more sales to the super raffle, as, and it could work for both by generating the super raffle buyers, generating more money for this, our, our conservation raffle tag, and vice versa. So again, trying to get creative, trying to think outside of the box, ways that we could make it work for both sides. And uh, rather than purchase hardware or, and other things, we use some tags as incentives to um, get the super raffle buyers to support it. So again, it's a thought. You talk in here about partnering with in-state sportsmen's organizations to pr promote additional raffles. Um, you say currently the special commissioner's tags are given to applicants who qualify for them to promote an auction or raffle. The funds raised go into the HPC program. For those listening that don't know what the HPC, that's the Habitat Partnership Program, right? So those, yes. those special commissioner tags go straight back into Habitat these raffle tags that you're promoting would go into the education fund. So we would have habitat and we would have education. You've already talked about you know, how important it is to have that education fund uh, that the Game and Fish can use to educate the general public, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Here's, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, nope. the idea behind it, one of the things we would, and again, I'm going to go back to the same disclaimer, all of this is conceptual. We're trying to put a lot of options on the table, and if the committee is formed by the commission on the 8th and it goes forward and there's more discussion, then a lot of this will be ferreted out through the process. Um, it's something that is, again, you put all your options out in front of you, and then the, the process will determine what you wind up with. So again, in the idea of coming up with options, Everybody who goes to the sportsmen's banquets, and most, most you know, engaged sportsmen do, the t I would say the top 20, 30% of sportsmen attend a banquet or two or three a year. You've seen these tags auctioned, these commissioner's tags, and they, they, 
generate a tremendous amount of interest and, and enthusiasm. What if these same sportsmen's organizations who are already currently running raffles, we all do, all the gr groups run raffles and are very successful at it. But what if we develop a raffle framework where these organizations can run the raffles for the year and at their banquets draw the raffle winners, which means you would have not one or two people in the building that night who are trying to buy an auction permit interested, but you might have everybody in that whole building interested because they bought a raffle ticket. And you draw. It's a way to incorporate the um, process with the organizations to generate interest and make you know buy-in from the the user. Uh, we think it it could be fun. We also think it could raise a substantial amount of money, uh, again, because all of our organizations are successful in their raffles. We want to make them part of this process and help raise money for education. Give kudos to them for working to, to make it happen and to everybody who participates and, and is there if they're able to draw the ticket out at that particular function. And then lastly on here, you the special event for auction and raffle tax. We'd like to suggest that an event be planned and developed to showcase Arizona's conservation education program. This would be held annually, perhaps in conjunction with some other AZGFD event. Existing sp special commissioner uh, auction permits could be sold, raffle permits could be drawn, and it would be an opportunity for individual SCOs to come together and partner in support of wildlife conservation. We see this event as an opportunity to showcase what we do as individuals, but more importantly, collectively, it shows how the commission, the department, and the sportsmen and women work together for the benefit of Arizona wildlife. So would this yep. be like a, a Utah Expo? Well. We're going to walk before we run. As we told the commissioners on the first go-around, we said, um, we're not advocating for another expo like that. Could it be someday that's where we wind up? Maybe. Uh, that expo generates a lot of money for Utah, the state's wildlife agency, the Mule Deer Foundation, uh, Sportsman for Fish and Wildlife. It generates lots of bucks. And it may be something that it could involve into. Right now, our perspective is a lot smaller, but n nonetheless very important. Currently, all of the sportsman conservation organizations that have the special tags have a fundraiser. Your attendees come. You sell tickets to them. They come. They support the organization. They draw a raffle. Uh, permit perhaps or, or whatever you have there they buy an auction permit uh, if you have one of those what we're advocating is a place for all of us to come together we tend to push ourselves apart and this isn't some this is not a condemnation of what we do because I, I think the world of all the conservation organizations and the work that they do but it tends to label us and tends to make us work within a particular framework. We work for the Deer Association. We work for the Elk Society. We work for the Sheep Society, the Bow Hunters. 
you know, you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. What I would like to see is something that is that promotes all of us working together for the same um, event in conjunction with the department and commission. Uh, showcase what the department's doing. Uh, the commission may want to you know, announce their commission awards. Uh, there could be a, a, a number of things. But you have all of these organizations under one roof at one big event. You have opportunity for the public to come meet all these different groups in one place. Um, we need to find a way for all of us to work together rather than working to maintain a, 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 a particular label. We need to be conservationists. We need to be sportsmen and women conservationists and all working together and appreciate what everybody does. So we're advocating that's, that we develop something that offers that. And the tags could be part of it, both the auction tags and the raffle tags and, and other things. It shouldn't be limited to that. But, yeah, we're trying to bring people together because we think that's an incredibly important. This thing's, um, there's a lot of changes here, Pete. Um, in, in talking with people that, you know, that you've been talking with over the last month or so, couple months, um, the the changes that have been made, uh, you know, the big one obviously no auction tags, raffle only. Uh, the other real big change is not taking tags out of the general fund. In other words, there are additional tags on top of. With those two changes right there from the, the people that, you know, the comments that you guys have gotten and the people that you've talked to, do you feel like the uh, sportsmen, there will be a lot more sportsmen that are supporting of this idea and this concept uh, with those changes? Yes, we definitely do. Um, we're getting positive feedback. Um, there's still people that say, hey, we don't need this. And pardon me if I'm going to classify those as uh, uneducated at this point in time. We need them desperately. There's no question about we need to do something for the department to be able to do its job and for us to be able to support them and then hunt and fish ourselves. We need this desperately. And so um, uh, we're getting a lot of positive comments. And so we can see as we have twisted this thing and, and tweaked it as we went along and tried to make it, improve it, make it better, uh, responding to what we're hearing, Yes, we're getting support, Jay, and that's that's been it's been excellent. We've appreciated it. Your willingness to help us get these out on the podcast has proven very, very good. Uh, it's the best way to get the word out. There are some that are still just going to condemn whatever it is we try to do. Uh, we recognize that, and there are certain websites and other things that uh, seem to promote that. It's unfortunate. Uh, people need to be aware. Uh, and uh, need to be uh, educated about where we're at, what we're doing, and why, what the scenario is that makes this so e essential. Uh, and uh, we really appreciate the fact that uh, you have helped us get that word out. Uh, it's made it uh, uh, a lot easier for us to explain to people what it is we're doing and do so in what we think is a very accurate manner. We know what our intentions are, that's for sure. Somebody may interpret them in an entirely different way, 
but the reality is we're at least getting the word out the way we envision it, and that's really been important. What's your next step from here, Pete? Well, June 8th, commission meeting in Payson. Um, that's where the commission will entertain uh, going forward with some kind of an ed education program. Um, and when I say education program, I don't know what's that, what that's going to be. Right now the commission, I think, is still formulating where it's at in this thing. All five commissioners are looking at this. I think all five recognize that there's a need for it. The question is, what will it be? Uh, so we're going to go to that meeting and uh, participate, answer questions, do whatever we can to ensure that there's another step in this process down the road. And as we look forward over the next six months, um, if the commission decides on the 8th that they want to go forward with an education program, then we expect a committee to be formed and I can't even tell you what that would look like at this particular point in time. Uh, I don't believe there's a, any kind of a template that's been floated out there by the uh, commissioner, department, or anybody. So, but if this committee is formed, um, then those stakeholders need to meet in short order because if you're going to implement something like we're suggesting, or anything else for that matter that involves legislation or a change in rules and regulations, you're going to have to get it done soon because you have to have things ready to go by the end of the year. The legislat uh, legislative session starts the 1st of January, so your target for le any legislation that needs to be drafted needs to be ready to go by then. So there's a lot of moving pieces between now and then that uh, have to take place. And uh, if we don't, if we miss that window and we're not ready to go forward in 2019, then that puts us into 2020, which is the next general election. Uh, and that is way too late because we may be facing at that time uh, another HSUS or other issue from somebody else. We don't know. Uh, but I guess what I'm saying is we can't wait any longer. We should have done this many years ago. Um, we see the value in, in, in getting it done, but we also understand that we really need to do it soon, not lose that opportunity. Well, Pete, um, it's going to be real interesting. Uh, Friday, the commission meeting is going to be a uh, interesting one for sure, and um, I applaud you and uh, some of your some of your constituents uh, in your efforts to try and uh, you know get this proposal. I I applaud you guys for taking a lot of the sportsmen's comments and talking and communicating with as many people as you had and taking their thoughts and some of the the, the major things that they had problems with and and I commend you guys for uh, you know shaping this thing and, you know, making some big changes because um, there was some opposition out there and it seems as though you've listened to sportsmen and uh, tried to come up with the best possible solution. And like you've said, uh, you know, this, this thing's far from over and, you know, it could still be shaped and molded and what have you. 
um, but you can tell that you guys have taken sportsman's input and and um, you know tried to take uh, everything into account to make it the best possible uh, thing that you could. So I uh, commend you guys for that. Well, one thing I would ask of anybody who has listened to this or your other podcast and is at a point in time where they can support, uh, it doesn't have to be exactly what we're laying out there, but they can support the fact there's a need for an education program for the public so that we don't have that disconnect. Please take time to contact the commissioners. You can go to the Game and Fish website. All the commissioners, game and fi- uh, their Game and Fish Commission uh Email addresses are there. You can also send a co- uh, copy to Director Gray. But make your comments known. This is important. We've got another uh, opportunity to, to speak your voice and, and let people know that you believe that this, something like this needs to be done. Um, it's important. You can also go to our website, which is conserve and protect az.org and do the same thing. Tell us what you like and you don't like. Uh, but bottom line is be involved. Look at what's being proposed and be engaged. Make a decision and support it if you, if you, you can because it's, it's really important going into the future that people not sit on the sidelines. So that would be the thing that I would ask, Jay, is if people contact the commission, contact the department, and let us know how you feel, too. Sounds good. Well, um, I'll wait to see how it all shakes out uh, on the 8th, and I'm sure we'll know more uh, here soon, and uh, we'll proceed accordingly. So, Pete, thanks for coming on. Uh, thanks for all your time. And, and from personally, I want to thank you for the last, 40 years of uh, volunteer work that you've done for sportsmen. Uh, I know you've taken a lot of heat over this. You've taken a lot of shots. And, um, uh, you know, it's one thing for people to disagree, um, but to take shots and get personal. uh, For someone that I've known for 25 years uh, who has done nothing but try and help wildlife and, you know, help hunters and help fishermen, um, I just appreciate your efforts of being engaged and, you know, trying to always make a difference. And you're always, you know, one of the guys that's always in the trenches, always at the, you know, commission meetings, always at the different things. You know, if, if it's involving wildlife, you can see Pete Similaro there. And uh, I know you've gotten super rich over it and um, made tons and tons of money on your uh, volunteer time. I say that facetiously. Um but I just I appreciate it personally. Thank you, Jay. Thank you for all you do, and thanks for helping us get the message out. I sincerely appreciate it very much. We all do.